Pastors are at week of increase in Branson. We have prayed over them. We have believed God over them that they will receive deposits by the Spirit of God. Everything that they need, but really everything we need. You release your faith for your leaders and wisdom comes to them. So, not man's thoughts, but God's thoughts. Amen? Father, thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your precious presence tonight. We've come to hear and sit at your feet, hear your voice, sit at your feet. So please, have your way tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, God dropped this into my heart. I don't know how far we're going to get, but it doesn't matter. The important thing is, let's get something tonight. Get something tonight. Title of the message is, Don't Faint, Don't Forfeit Your Harvest. These are thoughts on sowing and reaping. Our text is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 through 10 if you want to follow along. I am in the King James. Everybody ready? Let's do this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if... Somebody said if with me tonight. If. You know you have to read the ifs in the Bible. If we faint not... And as we therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. If you go to get a job somewhere, part of your expectation is that there is a payday, right? I mean, you don't go demanding first thing on the first interview. But you know that there is an expectation that when you're going to give this employer your very best, that he will in turn give you his or the company's very best on a certain appointed date, time. As Christians, God is not our employer. He's our Heavenly Father. But in this scripture, I see many things that, boy, if I had time, we could get into it. But tonight, you will leave encouraged. I'm certain of this. But you see, we need to understand that there is due season for the Christian, for the one that sows, for the one that understands and knows what they're doing regarding the kingdom of God. When you're sowing of your time, your treasures, your talents, your energies, your life energy, and you're sowing it into the kingdom of God. We don't do that because we're trying to get anything, but yet there is an expectation that if you sow something, you're going to get something, and it's supposed to be something good, because that's what God promises. So let's look at this a little more in depth. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6 through 7, 7 through 10 in the Phillips translation. The inevitability of life's harvest. Don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life 
will depend entirely on what he, say it, sows. If he sows for his own lower nature, his harvest will be the decay and death of his own nature. Mark it down. If anywhere that you and I are sowing outside of the boundaries of the kingdom of heaven to the lower nature or to our own interest, we are at risk of losing our investment. There is decay, and we're offering opportunity, particularly if it's something ungodly. But I'll have you know, we've in this church, we've been trained, hey, yes, we're supposed to shun the ungodly things. But did you know, beyond that, there are things that are just distractions. We need to just try to, we need to avoid distractions because we've got a race to run. We've got a job to do. Time is short. Jesus is coming back. We can't afford to waste time. So there are things that are not necessarily evil. They're not sin. But their weights, like the book of Hebrews talks about. Let us therefore cast aside the sin and the, the weights which so cleverly, you know, deceive us or cling to us. These weights, they hold you back from doing what God has for you in His best. Now, where, did we read that? of that, that whole scripture in I said life will depend entirely on what he sows if he sows to the lower nature okay there we go we stopped right there thank you very much let us not grow tired of doing good for unless we throw in our hand the ultimate harvest is assured there's payday friends if you don't throw in your cards <laughs> there is a payday for you and it's a good one there is a reward. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Now, it may not look like it in your present circumstance, but you can't live by look like. You have to live like investors do on the long term. What does Peter tell us? It says that if you want to see good days in the Amplified Bible, whether apparent or not, you may not, it may not look like a good day. But if you're in motion and you've invested yourself in the kingdom of God, there is no better investment of your breath, of your time, of your dollars, of your talent, of your energies, than to put it into the kingdom of God. Now, the first point that we're going to make tonight about this scripture, I like that. The ultimate harvest is assured. I like that in the, in the Phillips translation. Number one, God is not mocked. We live in, an, in a time where it seems that nothing is sacred. I'm talking about pop culture. Uh, nothing is sacred. You know, offices are not sacred. Teachers are not sacred. Parents are not sacred. Sex is not sacred. I, and I even, gender is not, nothing seems to be sacred. Everything is up for, for changing, for options evidently, in the pop culture. But I'll have you know that you cannot mock God. Let's look at this for a moment. Mock means to tease or laugh in a, in a scornful or contemptuous manner, to ridicule. I am certain that there are people today that ridicule me and my family for, the, for, for, for what we do, 
for the fact that we go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and just about every time the doors open. I'm sure that people think like, get a life. You don't get out much, do you? <laughs> but you see, we made a decision a long time ago that we're putting God first. Not soccer, not karate, not t-ball. And we did, we did all those things, but we made sure we signed up with leagues that were Friday or Thursday or Saturday leagues because we're going to have our family in church. And yes, we did go to the karate matches. And yes, we went to the... Pastor Kimberly was the team mom. And yes, that poor misguided coach was a bit on the superstitious side and during playoffs he said and now come over here the team mom she's a pastor she's gonna bless the bats I'm gonna like what <laughs> the guy had the rabbit's foot thing going on like what by the way we did win the championship that year <laughs> I will not attribute it to the fact that Pastor Kimberly blessed the bats but it didn't hurt <laughs> it must have been in the uh gluten-free snacks that she brought. Hallelujah. <laughs> what did he say? In the water. Yeah, yeah. Splash home run. Hallelujah. So really, to tease or laugh in a scornful or contemptuous manner, deride bitter or contemptuous ridicule or criticism. Friends, I am not going to get into this, but you need to guard your spirit in the culture today because nothing is sacred and people start I know I'm going to identify myself a little bit but don't let your mind go there there are people using social media fighting and bickering back and forth and it goes on and on how many of you are nauseated by that it's, it's absolutely nauseating yeah. criticizing what so and so wore to the so and so event and this statement meant that and then arguments uh, I mean back and forth and I don't want to mention names because we're in church. Hallelujah. I, want, I don't want you to lose your salvation on the count of me. Yeah, they're, they're really childish things. People that you think would be adults, educated people even, acting like children, childish. Yeah, 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 scornful. <laughs> it's really... It is unfathomable how low things have gone. Okay, the media culture... I'll just say a couple things. Saturday Night Live, need I say more? <laughs> Late night TV shows, satire di dialogues, mimicking and making fun of people. Did you know that Michael the Archangel and Joel... Um, oh, this is in Jude. He would be... He wouldn't even... Uh, rebuke the devil himself. Why? Because the devil, even though he's under our feet, we know that he's, he's defeated and everything. Did you know that he said the Lord rebuke you? Because he did hold an office. He said, did not bring an accusation against him, it says in Jude, but it says that he said the Lord rebuke you. What does that mean? That means he respected the office. There is so little respect today. That's not my message. But there is so little respect today. I mean, you, you don't respect mom. You don't respect dad. You don't respect nothing. The principal. You don't respect the police. You don't respect anything. The governor, the government, the president, the engine chief. You don't respect nothing. The wedding bands on our hands. People don't even respect that for crying out loud. I don't want to... I'm not going there. 
But people don't. So, so we as Christians don't let that spirit get pollute you, that mocking spirit. Don't, you need, we need to observe Psalm 1 that says, Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners. Come on. Or sit in the seat of... Pastor Tom, are you preaching a holiness message? No, I'm preaching you a survival message. If you want to survive, you need this. This is survival training tonight. So, what people are trying to do... There are people that are trying to change institutions that God ordained, that have been set in motion, not just for a couple of years, not just for a couple of hundred years, thousands of years, since the beginning of time. They're trying to say, oh, no, it's not that way. Ah, well, I don't want to go too deep in that. Because we have so much more room. But let's just, let, let me just go into this. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11 is the first time that the word seed is mentioned in the Bible. Now, now watch this. What we're talking about is about harvest and seed and sowing. Friends, understand this. The world doesn't respect this law. They don't care. They don't know that you sow something little and you hide it and then it gets bigger and bigger and it gets worse till it either it either builds you up or it destroys you. Oh, that's it was just a little lie. I just stole twenty dollars from the cash register. That's okay. They, I have a $25 uh, maximum and I'll just pocket 20 and say, oh, I was short 20 making change. How about that? So you keep pocketing $20 and pocketing $20 and pocketing. And people say, oh, it's okay. You, you, you met your $25. It's not okay. Every time that cashier pocketed that $20, they're searing their spirit. And then, and then they brag about it on social media and then they want to know how many likes they have. <laughs> This is a circus. Listen to this. And God said, let the earth put forth tender vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees yielding fruit, whose seed is in itself, each according to its kind upon the earth. And it was so. This is the first mention of seed. And it happens to be a bot- of botanical nature. Flowers, plants, trees, grasses, shrubs. Yeah, Pastor Tom. Well, let's move on. Now we have, we're in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20 through 25, you have the first concept implied of seed where the aquatic and the airborne creatures are concerned. And God said, in verse 20, God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly a swarm with living creatures and let the birds fly over the earth in, ex- in the open expanse of the heavens. Are you there with me? Is it up on screen? God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly according to their kinds. According to their kinds. That means it wasn't all one ooze. And then it kind of developed from one ooze to another ooze. And then somebody got left behind. And then, okay, you stay that kind of ooze. We'll be a different ooze. We're progressing to the next ooze. Oh, okay, that's as far as I go. Let's get a next ooze. A couple arms. Oh, cool. A couple a tadpole oozing. No, it said after their kind. 
Well, then, of course, there were every kind of bird according to its, its kind. And God saw the, that it was good, suitable, and admirable. And, and it says, verse 22, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. So, implied there is the law of seed time and harvest. It's implied right? I mean, there was no mention. Nobody in the Bible didn't say anything before that. You can't go before this. So, but you get, you get, get the picture that something had to happen in order for them to multiply. But then we get a little, we get a little bit more when God goes, Im, implies harvest with all biological creatures. Here you move from, from just fish and birds now you're moving to biological creatures like, you know, horses, cows, giraffes, and every elephants and all that. And then ultimately man. And so you all see that and, 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 and moving on in Genesis. And look what he said in verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. He's speaking to the man and the woman now using, oh yeah, and by the way, I'm going to, I have to, I'm sorry, I have to read verse 27. It's in the Bible. So God created man in his own image, and in the image and likeness of God, he created the, him. Male and female, he created them. Let the word speak for itself. Thank you. I, I had to read that because it's in the Bible. And God, and there's nothing else. You don't have to add anything else to it. And don't take nothing away. Right, Charles? Just leave it alone. Just, okay, let that be over there. Thank you. And God blessed them, said, multiply and be fruitful, multiply and so forth. And notice what he says in verse 29. I've given you every kind of plant yielding seed. Somebody say seed. That is on the face of the land and every tree with the seed in its fruit. And you shall have them for food, etc. And all the animals and so on and everything. And basically, verse 30, when you saw everything, he said, it's all good. Now, what you're seeing here is a portrayal of this law that God instituted as a form of Genesis creation, which is a law of perpetual increase. And it happens through seed or sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. You cannot say it doesn't work or you could change it or you could alter it or you can get by without it. You cannot mock God. When a person sows a seed, it's going to yield after its kind. Get that. That's very encouraging or discouraging, depending on what you've been sowing. So let's look at this. The first time in the Bible that the phrase seed time and harvest is ever mentioned. Anybody know where that is? Ta-da! We're back in Genesis chapter 8. Let's dive right into the New King James Version. Verse 20 of Genesis 8. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. And the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth, nor will I destroy every living thing as I have done. And now our text in verse 22, while the earth remains. What do you see there? Seed time and harvest, cold and winter. I'm sorry, heat. Winter and summer 
and day and night shall not cease. What we are seeing is that God is the one that established the whole idea of seasons. Now here, he's talking about seasons in the earth, like summer, winter, fall, and all those sort of things. But did you know that there's more seasons than that that God ordained? There are seasons of time that God... holds on, get off the note so we can move a little faster. There are seasons of time that God has ordained. There is a an appropriate time for everything to happen. He is ultimately in control. When Christ comes back, it's over. The de- it's over for the devil. <laughs> I mean, but, there, but that time's coming. But there's all kind of other times, you know. And I like what it said in Psalms, my times are in your hand. Ecclesiastes talks about a time to be born, a time to die, a time to pick up, a time to put down, gather, spread, time to talk, time to stop talking, time to embrace, time to stop from embracing. There are times and seasons all over the Bible. I don't know what season that you are in in life. There's a ministerial season. There's a family season. There's a time uh, when people get married. There's a season for that season. Anyway, all kinds of season. But let's, it behooves us before we move too much further to understand that in each one of those seasons, seeds are really assigned and and tied into each of those seasons of your life. And it behooves us to understand that there is a war of seeds going on. You've heard of the movie Star Wars, right? Well, guess what? Right now there are seed wars going on. Seed wars. The enemy is trying to sow things into your life, into the earth, into your community. He's trying to sow things into your marriage. He's trying to sow things into your husband, into your wife, into your kids. He's trying to sow things into your mind, sow things into your church, believe it or not. Sow things into the nation, into the world. But on the other hand, God has seed. That he's trying to sow also. He's sowing seed. So there's God's bunch sowing. There's a difference between good seed and bad seed. So God is sowing, has his people sowing good seeds. I wish I had time about the, the, the seed, the, the parable about the tares and the, and the good seed. So basically in summation, the good the, the, the uh, farmer put out good seed, quality, good, wholesome seed. But while he was asleep, the enemy came in. Here's a warning to you. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Be sober. Be vigilant. Don't let just anybody sow stuff into your life. We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant about what what seeds are being sown into what influences are coming into us absolutely the truth so anyway as that particular i believe it's in luke he talks about the 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 so the, the the tares and 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 the wheat that they, they said oh what's what's going on it looks like you have weeds i thought you sowed good things well, folks, we live in the world. There's all kind of bad things always trying to come in. Shall we pull them up? He goes, no, wait a minute. Just wait for a while. Just let them grow up together. And later, when you could really see what it is, then you're going to pull it. You're going to pull it. We're going to pull it, and we're going to burn it. 
Anyway, that's about, you know, that's, that's another, another thing we don't have time to get into. But, you know, be aware that not, sometimes it looks like you're fighting a battle and you're like, what, what's going on? You're not the only one sowing. There's others, other forces at work trying to sow things into your life. So it behooves us to take dominion of our field and to value what you are sowing. And I am, I, I don't know, if, if nothing else tonight, if this is as far as we got, page four, I, I, don't, I don't mind. Because look, you can draw tremendous comfort from this, that God is not mocked. You know, Saturday Night Live will make fun of God or godly things or whatever, but they're not, they're not in control. God is not mocked. There is a law at work. And let's say there are things that need to change. When a Christian man and woman, a Christian marriage or a Christian church, when people get before God to call on the Lord out of a pure heart, in faith believing, bringing forth His word to Him, and speaking it, words of life, they're sowing spiritual seeds. And according to what we have read, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. If you faint not. And so I find great comfort at this. And that is that things that you know should be different. You know, it's not right for this physical condition to be in my body. That's not right. Well, you stand on the word and you're, you're applying your faith to that situation in the name of Jesus. This is, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. I take authority over you. I've got the life of God flowing in me. I forbid this to be my and so you finish praying and if you're like many nominal Christians you say well I didn't feel any goosebumps so that means nothing happened friends that's not the case you've got to understand that when you release spirit power you're, you've started the process spiritual laws have come up into motion when you're praying for a loved one, I've got loved ones that I'm praying for. I've got, I know situations that in our family that we're praying and we're covering in prayer. You know, I know that I know that God's word is true. I know that what he's promised me and what I can see with the, the, my spirit, what I can see of how things are going to turn out. But they certainly won't turn out that way if I faint and I give up. If I say, well, I really don't know. I mean, I've been praying for two years or one year or five years. I really don't know if it's going to work. Gee, I wonder. And you pull up and you give up. He says, no. He said, if you faint not. We can't be moved by what we see. I'll say it to this side over here. We cannot be moved by what we see. You know, there's that lump, there's that lump, or there's that whatever, there's that, there's that attitude again, there's that attitude again, or, or there's that, you know, is this ever going to happen? Is, is this, this is never going to go away. You know, you've just thrown in the towel on that one. Are you hearing me tonight? 
so you can draw comfort. Now, how about if you've been sowing seeds that were not the greatest seeds? How about if you've been sowing wild seed? <laughs> I have good news for you. We could pray for crop failure <laughs> and you just start sowing good seed. And as a lifestyle, as a lifestyle, if you're a meanie, believe God to not be a meanie anymore. The baby cried on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> believe God to change you, that the love of God constrains you and helps you to walk as a nice person. The Bible is very clear on that. Christians are supposed to be kind and long-suffering and understanding and generous. Is that right? Yeah. So if you have that little streak about you, that, that you, you snap at people and you're, you, hmm, and you have a mouth, nothing but mouth, at people, and then, and you know who you are, not, you don't, I'm not pointing any fingers, you know who you are, we know who we are, right? And when you, when you miss it, you don't throw in the towel on that, you say, God is all the while at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Lord, I put a watch before my mouth. Right now, I commit it unto you. Go ahead, take that coal off the altar and put it on my lips in Jesus' name. I am renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm long-suffering. I'm kind. I'm patient. I'm forgiving as Christ has also forgiven me. These are things that we do. That's our family culture. And so, where are we going with this? You You can't let up on your stand of faith, particularly where your seeds are concerned. Somebody said, Amen. Amen. So let's, back to the scriptures, it says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. I don't care what the pundits are saying. You can't, you, uh, you can't make a fool of God. The law of sowing and reaping is in fact in place. People may try to deny it, but they are the real fools. You, you make it work for you. Don't make it work against you. Amen. Now let's look at this part about sowing to the flesh versus that would be verse 8 of that of our text of Galatians 6. It says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap, reap everlasting life. Let me just talk to you out of my heart out of that one because we don't have time to go through pages and pages. So, unless you're Jesus Christ and you're not, you're not perfect. But you can have a perfect heart like David, right? And so, when the Holy Spirit illuminates you, not when your mother-in-law or your mom or your dad gets on you because you did something, but when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on you about something, we can always repent. And we can say, okay, all right, and we can start sowing instead of to the flesh, sow to the Spirit. If you're not sowing to the Spirit, start today. Start sowing something. Sow something today. Well, you know that church all they want is my money. I'm not asking you for your money. I'm asking you, can you please sow a little bit of life into your life today? Can you sow a little life into your home? Can you be kind? Can you pray for one another? 
Friends, can you serve, learn how to serve one another? Just start sowing a little bit. Hallelujah. And then, of course, there's always, can you pray? I mean, that's sowing. How about, how about read your scripture? How about be open to hearing from God? Sow to the Spirit. Sow something. We should be sowing something. I got that image. You know, I got this picture of a huge field. And it's like we all have a huge field. Like, we all went inside. Like, well, let's travel inside our spirit. Like, let's go micro in here. And we go inside our spirit. It's this vast, just land and land. How much of it is cultivated and how much of it is just dirt? And how much of it is milkweeds? You know, I'm just saying like, God, we, we, can, we could, could and should sow a whole lot more. Start sowing, sow like mad. Just grab the seed and sow it. Just do it. I mean, I get this feeling like, sow it till you drop. I just got this picture like, dear God, I'm going to take this word, which is the seed. I'm going to take this word. Uh, like Jesus said, the word was seed. Dear God, I'm going to run. And like, you can't, the devil might be telling you, brother, sister, you know, that it is such a huge huge job. You'll never get it done. I could care less. Let me start throwing seed. Dear God. And you're just running as for all you're worth just to put some seed in the ground. Just do something lest you do nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, people say, what's the use? I mean, what, why should I do anything? Well, when you look at your field, you wonder, that's why it, it, it stands to reason why they feel like life stinks. You know, because they haven't sown enough to see, begin to see. And then it's a process after you sow it, because first there's the blade. Then there's the ear. Then there's the full corn in the ear. All they want is my money at that church. No, no, friends. <laughs> How, how about, how about uh, a harvest of love? Amen. You know, aren't you tired of the fighting, the arguing? How would you like to just wake up one day and not, not, not be fighting all the time? Right? How, how would you like to wake up one day and not be worried all over the place? Well, you're, 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 you start sowing into your field the right seed, and then, and then you water it with prayer. Water it. Water it. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, get to it. Pray in the Holy Ghost, and you're watering those seeds that you've sown. And then, well, you wake up the next day. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Friends, you've got to understand how the kingdom works. First the blade. It's a little something. So there's a little hope. So instead of fighting all day long, you only had seven arguments. <laughs> we'll pick a round now. Oh, yeah, seven arguments. Maybe that's six arguments. That's more like the devil. Yeah, you had six arguments instead of fighting all day long. But you managed to say you're sorry before you went to sleep. <laughs> so, so that's an improvement, right? Didn't end up on the couch. <laughs> right? But you see, that's the blade. Or you, you managed to, to stop gossiping. You went out to lunch and you only roasted Pastor Tom for 10 minutes instead of three hours. <laughs> oh, you wanted your money. 
Improvement, progress. And then how about this? How about how about health? How's your field where health is concerned? Like you may say, well, you know, I got this ache, I got this ache, I got this pain, I got that pain, I got this ache, this don't work, that don't work. Okay, 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 okay. Let's get the word. Now let's go micro. You go inside, it says, oh, man, you have a whole field of, dude, you haven't done it. Grab these seeds, man, get them in there. So you start throwing those in. Now let's water them with prayer. You wake up the next day, oh, this still hurts, that still hurts, this aches, this aches. It don't work, Pastor Tom. It takes time. He, it, be, it begins to grow. He knoweth not how. Why? Because it's a law that God set in motion. If you take seeds, let's talk the word, and you put it in your spirit, you put it in your field, and you sow it. Oh, what does it say? It says that the blade, the the ear, and then, then the full corn in the ear. Now, we're not done yet, friends, because there's harvest now. One of the most frustrating characteristics of the human condition is for someone to get almost to the finish line and to have, and you go down into their, you, you go, beep, 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 you go micro down into their field and you say like, dude, you got all this stuff, the corn is in the ear. But they said, Oh man, it ain't happening. Forget it. I just think, uh, and they're like, do, 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 don't. The Holy Spirit's in there saying, whoa, 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 don't give up now. He's like, it's harvest. Get the sickle quick. But you see, they're looking at the wrong thing. They're talking about the wrong thing. They're thinking about the wrong thing. They're consumed. They're rehearsing. They've got an organ recital talking about every organ that aches and pains, or they're talking about all the bills. And, and the Holy Spirit's just saying, whoa, 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 ho, 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 whoa. And then they walk away from their field and the full, the full corn in the ear is there. But they didn't even know that harvest was come. If Jesus said regarding ministering to people, he said, lift up your eyes now and look round about. Don't say that harvest is going to come. Harvest is already come. Lift up. Look, it's all around you. There's a, like, it's like some, some of us Christians were walking around in a stupor. We don't realize that harvest is all over the place. Now, souls, yes. But how about other areas of your life? It's like the full corn in the ears there. You need to make the final ride out to your field. You got to cut those turkeys down and bring them in. Let's go all the way. Why go part of the way? Why think that, okay, we're in for the long haul. It's going to be 10 years before Uncle Joe ever gets saved. Why don't we do some? Why don't we just start expecting the full corn in the ear a little faster than that? I'll tell you one thing. I have a scripture to stand on that. It says that in the last days, that time is going to be accelerated. 
accelerated. In other words, this is not Monsanto. <laughs> He's not genetically engineering the seed. But we're saying that something is happening. First of all, the rain is falling. Things are happening in the spirit realm. And people that are not in the spirit, they can't see it. But people that are spiritually minded, they see something. The friends that let down the paralytic in that through the roof, they saw something. You see something. That's why you come to church, because you're seeing something. That's why you're here and not watching Saturday Night Live. You can see something. What can you see? You could see that God is moving. Something's happening. They let the man down. And Jesus saw the faith of those four friends. They let down the paralytic. He saw their faith. And he, and he went to heal him. But see, the power of God was present to heal. I'm telling you, heart of the bay, the power of God is present to prosper, to heal, to help, to give you a bumper crop. To promote you. Promotion is from the north. Not from, from your Uncle Sam. Or Uncle Joe. Promotion comes from the north, doesn't it, Paul? See, if we're not spiritually minded, if we don't go in, we won't even know when the harvest is ripe to go grab it. Hallelujah. So I think... I think I've, that's a pretty good start. I have a little place where I could close. Let me go here because I like this. Hallelujah. God has appointed seasons. I'm telling you, there are seasons. I'm skipping lots of pages. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the big word was if, right? Let's go to page 9 up there. The big word, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 in the Amplified Bible. Don't faint. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right or doing the right thing. For in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if... And I like what the Amplified Bible says. If we, loosen, if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Is that right? And part of what we were touching on a little bit tonight was saying the right words, praying, looking at the right thing, protecting your spirits. Job 6.25, you don't have to turn there, but it says, How forcible are right words. How forcible. So you're telling me, Pastor Tom, I got such a problem, such a problem. <laughs> Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. We'll take the word that has some power in it and some forcible and put some forcible on it and sow that. Why don't you sow some of that? Boy, the, the devil doesn't want you to get this. He really doesn't. Friends, we have an assignment by our pastors, and that's for all of us to speak the same thing. Those handouts that he... If you didn't get a handout on Sunday, we're going to have you raise your hand. A handout about us all speaking the same thing. Learn from the example of our pastors. Learn. Learn something. You'll get much further by on purpose using right words. On purpose. You're sowing this into your life. 
Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. So our assignment is to speak the same thing. Sow your faith seed. Sow your prayer seed. So I like to read this, Habakkuk 2.3, and then we'll close a couple of scriptures. Habakkuk 2.3 in the New King James says this, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and not tarry. I like it in the New Living Translation. I think we have the NLT up there. Let's see. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently. No, forgive me. If... It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I like it in the Amplified Bible too. This is this is this is like a power bar when when I read this stuff. Like I just energized. How about in the Amplified? For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end, to the fulfillment. I will not, it will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. I wish I had time, you know, to talk to you about the appointed time. Did you know we touched it just a little bit, but there are definite appointments in the church where God has appointed seasons. And, uh, you know, you you could see that, uh, at least politically you could see that, and then you see other in other places, but in in the book of Acts, when they asked Jesus, hey, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to the the Jews? And Jesus says, hey, dude, dude, dudes, all of you, says, you know, that's not for you to know right now, because all these things the Amplified Bible say are in the Father's own personal power. He has the he knows the critical niche in time. These are critical things that he has held in his own power and authority. The governor didn't do it. Pontius Pilate didn't put that in his authority. Gavin Newsom didn't put it in his authority. These are things that God has appointed. Can you get that? Your heavenly Father has ultimate authority. And there are seasons and times that things are supposed to happen. And you see in the book of Daniel how that there are there was a king that... He's actually talking about the Antichrist. I don't have time to get into all this. About the Antichrist, the Antichrist spirit. And part of what it's talking about in Daniel is that this one would raise himself up like the Antichrist. And he would try, seem to change times and change seasons. Like change what God has ordained. But friends, it doesn't work that way. God established it and it's going to go whose way? God's way. I'm sorry, it's not going to go the GOP's way. I'm sorry, sorry. It's going to go God's way. It's not going to go the Democrats or the Libertarian way. It's going God's way. It's not going ISIS way. It's going God's way. It's not going the National Rifle Association's way. It's going God's way. All this chatter, I'm just about heard it with all the chatter. Ultimately, keep your eyes on the right thing. It's going God's way. 
There is a vision for the end time, for the church to be glorious, for there to be a mighty revival, for there to be amazing rain on the earth. We're talking about spirit rain. We're talking about seasons for the hearts of the fathers to be restored back to the children and the children back to the fathers. That's done through the spirit, a spirit of Elijah happening and moving in the earth. Families being restored. People that are not on speaking terms to get right back and to be healed. That's part of the season that we're living in. People rushing to the light. Those that sit in darkness shall see a great light. It's the church's finest hour. That's the season we're in. We're in a season of favor right now. Favor. Not judgment. Favor. Some people mistake. They think that God's feeble. God is not feeble. He rejoices in mercy over judgment. And He's giving time and space for repentance. And He he's wants His church to be the church so people will look at this and like, Whoa, check her out. We need to get our eyes off that runway and get it on this runway. Check her out. Check out what purity really is. Check out what power really is. Check out what love really is. Check out what commitment really is. Check out what power, authority really is. Check out what joy really is. Oh, I'm just excited. So let me close tonight with this little scripture. Hallelujah. Psalms 126 verse 5 in the King, New King James. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. I understand. There are some things, there are some family situations that are crazy. There are some things that are, that are hitting you right now that it almost takes the wind out of you. And for you to do the Word of God and for you to sow that seed... It's like you're doing it weeping. I get it. I've done it myself. I get it. But I want you to know that when reaping day comes, you will reap. You will have joy. I want to read this in the message. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair I can't tell you how many times I've woken up really, really early in the morning. You know, I just kind of wake up and I find myself praying for people. I'm heartbroken sometimes. I'm heartbroken over, over the difficulties that some people... I say, why is life so hard for people? Well, you know, never mind why is this hard. God, help, help, help. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over, over friends and family over church family and turn it around Lord turn it around but you know what it says here those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest so those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessings did anybody get anything out of this tonight? Father, we lift up our hands to you. We thank you and worship you. I pray for your people, Lord, that they would understand that you're the one that actually set this in motion. And Father, I pray for them that they would not faint. Like the psalmist said, I would have fainted, except I would have believed 
to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I pray for that one that really needs to see something good today. They need to see something good in this season of their life. And I thank you, Father, right now in Jesus' name that something good is happening. I thank you that you're working. You're at work both to will and to do your good pleasure. Hallelujah.